Start with the set aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we uh, are in the, uh, finished the ninth step, and we did the ninth step promises. Quote, ninth step promises, but you're going to see why I call them the world of the spirit promises. And we're going to read um, three, three or four paragraphs that have changed my life. Uh, they may be the most important paragraphs in the book for me, for my my situation. And, and what page are you? I'm going to tell you. We're on 84. Okay. Page 84. And the promises are on 83 and end at 84 when it says we suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Now that's not a one-time occurrence. That happens to me all the time. When I pause and when I don't react the way I used to and when I stop and I say I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to react. That's a miracle. And my life is a lot better as a result of that. God's working all the time. I can see it all the time. And so the promises that are read at every meeting, often on cards, are not truly, quote, nine-step promises, but they're, what they imply is that work has to be done to reach a place where you have a relationship with your Creator and that He is working in your lives, that He, he will show you uh, peace. He will show you freedom and a happiness that you didn't have. Uh, you will comprehend serenity. I never comprehended that, but I, I did at some point and I continue today. To me, serenity is just peace of mind. I'm just at peace with whatever's going on. Good or bad, I just am okay. And we will know peace. And self-seeking slips away. Self-pity disappears. You see the words, it just goes. Interest in selfish thing is gone. Uh, attitude will change. Fear of people leaves us. Intuitive, we know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And these are things that happen continuously, and they happen as we work steps 10 and 11 the rest of our lives. Now, I, a lot of people say the promises have come true in their 30 days or 60 days, and that's, that's, that can be true. I, I don't know. But what I think they're getting at in these promises is that at some point you have a relationship and trust in God. I realize that God is doing for me what I cannot do my, for myself. I can trust God. I have faith in God. When I came in here, I didn't have trust in God because I never let him work in my life. Anybody else do that? I had trust in me. That didn't go very well. And I don't know why I didn't give up trust in me a long time before I did. And the only reason I did was I was beaten over the head, knocked unconscious, tackled, held down, and suffocated. And I said, okay, I'll let go. It, it, takes, it takes a force outside of myself to do that. And that's true surrender. And, 
And then I started with belief because I believed that God could do it because I met people that he had done it in. We're not talking about church faith. We're talking about trust in God. There's a difference because we, we read on page 67, 68 that we're going to live a different way. The way we lived didn't work. We were in fear. Anybody have fear? So it says we're going to live on a different basis, relying and trusting on God. The old basis was relying and trusting on me. And they say, when I rely and trust on God, I won't have fear. And when I don't, I will. And we have to, we have to trust God. And like Sandy B said, that's the hardest thing to do. But the more you work the steps and you get to page 84 and you've done a lot of work, you're trusting God because you learn how to get, be free of anger by saying the prayers and asking God to remove it. You get free of fear by saying the prayers and ask God to remove your fear, direct attention out of me. You learn how to lose fear of people because you're willing to make amends and you see that you harm them and you've forgiven everybody you've ever resented. And then God's working in your lives. You've done a personal house cleaning. And so that's a great place and I want to stay there. And that's what the next few paragraphs are. How do we keep the promises alive every day? Now, in, in the morning, at, at, when I get out of here, 10.30, I may not have peace for a few minutes. Who knows? But I know how to get back there. I know that I'm the only person that can allow God to come back into my life and give me peace. My wife can't do it. Stu can't do it. I have to ask God to come back in and give me peace. And it works all the time. So I have true faith. I, really, I truly trust God. I don't trust myself anymore, and that's why I seek God all the time. And they say, are these extravagant promises and everybody does the chant, you know? We think not. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. And, and are they really promises or are they things that happen? They're spiritual experiences, really. You could call these the spiritual experiences. This is what happens when you experience the Spirit. And I don't know that they're actually promises of just telling you what you'll be amazed before. You'll be amazed that these things occur. And if you want them to occur, do the work. Do steps, get into steps one through nine. Doesn't take long to do four, five, and six, and seven. You do that all the time, and eight, and nine, you willing to make amends and you've got your list in step four and five and you go through it with your sponsor. How do you make amends? Because you don't want to harm people further. And then you can do that the rest of your life because you'll think of more amends the longer you're in the program. You'll think of things you did 25 years ago. Why'd I do that? Why'd I say that? And you don't get on Facebook and try to find these people, but you're, you're free because you know if you saw them, you'd be willing to do it because you have a change in attitude and outlook on life. And they, they say they are being, being fulfilled. Notice they're being, they're happening. But it's sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Why do you think is that? I have a thought, I've said it before, how quickly are you doing the steps? How quickly are you doing the work? Are you five months sober and still thinking about your fourth step? 
you know, and so the promises won't occur until work's been done. And so I, that's why I believe, and that's what uh, Dr. Bob believed, that the sober is a dangerous place for an alcoholic, right? You don't have a relationship with God and you're just, you're just living without alcohol. And so the quicker you get the spiritual experience, the quicker you're in a place where God can protect you. The longer you take, you're out there. It's like you're out there in the battlefield and you know, you're running out of ammo. And when am I gonna get help? And so uh, I like to do them quickly with someone. They get mad at me. They, now I try not to, sometimes the mistakes I have is I think I look at them and they tell me they're an alcoholic and I look at their lives and say, yeah, they sure are. And, but they really haven't taken step one. Coming here and saying you're an alcoholic, I don't know if, you've, if they've truly taken step one. You know why? Because they don't want to do step four. And they don't understand that they're powerless over alcohol forever. And there's no power in their life and that they can't manage their life, and if they don't have God, they're gonna drink again. And they kinda of stumble around, and so I think, and I don't know how you take the first step for someone. I can't do their first step. And my sponsor, Cliff, was a wonderful man, and he would, he would uh, hear people babbling at the meeting, and it was obvious they, you know, they were, they needed help, and, they weren't completely defeated and he lowered his head and go, give him more booze. And he wasn't doing that to be mean, but, but that's what it might take, more pain. How do you know when a person has had enough pain? I don't know. That's why I wanna remember that moment of defeat I had because I was in a lot of pain. And I still remember how bad I felt the first day, the first week, the first month. Wow. I don't want to forget that. If I forget that, then I'll say, well, wasn't that bad? You know, I could do it again. I can get sober any time. And then you're off and running. And so that's, we, that's why one of the things I said is one of the purpose of meetings is to keep that moment alive. You come here, you're an alcoholic, you remember. I have everybody write it in their book, their moment of complete defeat. Look at it. And then, because the thing is, our ego will rebuild quickly. And that's why I say we're gonna get in the steps quickly or the ego rebuilds. <coughs> and so it says they will always materialize. That means appear. You don't get a certificate from heaven saying, okay, you got the promises. No, they, they materialize if we work for them. And that means if I work for them every day because remember, we're gonna read on the next page that we have a daily reprieve based on maintaining this fit spiritual condition. And so if I'm in a fit spiritual condition with God, the promises will materialize. If today, if you're in the food store, or going out or going home and you're getting things thrown at you and getting disturbed and you're reacting and getting all pissy, you're not in fit spiritual condition. Those promises are not there at that moment. And so it's, that's why this leads us right into this thought brings us to step 10, 
which is they will always materialize if I work for them. And that's why step 10 is how we keep them materializing and working for them all day long. It's the key. The important thing is not, did you do a great fourth step? The important thing, have you done enough work to get to step 10 so you can start using all that that you've done in step one through nine every day? Now, if you've done a crappy job, uh, you could still improve on it every day. And I don't know what a crappy job is. If, you get, if you're given it, been thorough and honest, have you done the best you can? That's all they ask. When we read the instruction for step four, it says, you know, we looked at it through our past, we were honest, we were thorough as best you can. That's all they're asking. Because it says, those who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program are those who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. One, they can't be honest that they have no hope for themselves except through a spiritual program. Two, they can't be completely honest that they can't do this and they have to give it 100%. And then they can't be honest when they're doing it. And there, there are people like that. I've seen a lot of cannot and will not. And, and I don't want to be one of those. So what makes you go from a cannot or will not to a can and will? That's a good question. I think it's, 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 it's how willing you are how completely willing you are, how defeated you are. And it's important for us to stay defeated the rest of our lives. You can have all the coins in the world and be miserable. Coins don't mean anything. It's, it's your emotional sobriety, your relationships with God, your relationships with the world. So this thought that they w these promises or whatever you experience will materialize and materialize, it like comes up. So this relationship with God just appears. We suddenly realize that God's there doing things for us. It brings us to step 10. And step 10 says, uh, uh, we continue to take a personal inventory and when we're wrong, we promptly admitted it. Isn't that what it says, something like that? I'm getting old, I can't remember anything. Well, so I thought that meant, every time I'm wrong, I just say, I'm wrong. Well, that didn't help me spiritually, you know. Uh, I didn't understand it. And what it means to me today is I'm continuing to inventory my thinking, my personality. And when I'm wrong with my thinking, I admit it to God and to another person. And I admit that my thinking's wrong. I don't want to act on wrong thinking. Now, I didn't know that till I got to page 84 and finished my fourth step that my thinking is really wrong. And, and I have to need God to be with me to say, Michael, that's wrong. Or if I'm upset, I'll call Stu or Mark or Ryan and say, well, you know, this is going on. They'll say, you're wrong, wrong again. It, that's what it takes. Because I don't want to act on wrong thinking. If I act on wrong thinking, I'll make wrong actions. And then I'll have shame and guilt. And I'll have conflict with people and everybody. So, I'm going to continue to inventory my personality, which is basically uh, one through nine, or basically four, five, six, and seven, and continue to set 
right any new mistakes, thoughts or actions. Let's say I've done a wrong action. Well, shouldn't have sent that text. Anybody do that? Shouldn't have sent the email. Shouldn't have yelled at this one or that one. You get it? And you want to set it right. You want to do eight and nine right away. And so it's very important because you don't want to carry on negative thinking and negative actions in your mind because then that'll block you from God. So this is how you clean your house every day. Theoretically, you've done a lot of cleaning to get to this point, and now you're going to clean it every day. And some days you're going to clean it better than others. This is during the day. Then on two pages later, they're going to tell you how at night you look at the day. And did you clean it up or not? And then you're going to talk to God, and you're going to clean it, have it cleaned up so you can wake up the next day with a clean slate. AA is about not accumulating any more debris in the garage. We clean the garage. Don't keep stacking boxes. Now, having said that, we cleaned out that stall completely uh, 16 months ago, and it's got stuff in there that needs to go, which we will do when we eventually sell the house or whatever. But you get the point. So as you go along during the day, we vigorously commence this way of living. That's what we're doing. I'm living differently. Now notice it's vigorously commenced. Where does it say we take a course of vigorous action? Step four. Next, where at once we launch on a course of vigorous action. Vigorous action is not, okay, I'll call you in a week. I'll do, uh, I'll do a little bit of work. I'll give you a call in five days or something. That's not vigorous action. Because that's telling me that they don't understand what a bad situation they're in. And I'm in a bad situation today without God. So I'm seeking him right now. And vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So as you're finishing your eighth and ninth step, which you may never get done. You may never do it. There are people I'd really like to find. I'd really like to give them a hug and say, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't acted that way. That's not appropriate. But there may be an opportunity. There are people who died. I wish I could uh, find, see them again and make amends, but I, I can't. But you can write them a letter. I've, I've written them letters to, to people that I wish I could talk to again. And with God, it says we have entered the world of the Spirit. That's the whole key to AA. Which world am I living in? Michael's world or the world of the Spirit? Now, I believe they mean Holy Spirit, but they took it out. That's fine. It can be whatever you call your spirit. To me, it's the world of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's a lot of power in that world. See, I have a lot of power in that world, but having a lot of power in that world won't help me if I don't access it. And one through nine is how I've accessed enough power to get out of Michael's world, thank God, I'm literally, and get into the world of the spirit. Now, Michael's world was a mess. I don't know about you, but my world was a mess. My thinking was a mess. My actions were a mess. It was a mess. 
But I couldn't live in that world anymore. I just couldn't. I couldn't. And I gave up. And I, through time, I'm in a different world. And the, the world of the spirit has changed for me. It's changed from 22 years ago. It's changed from last year. The more I, Stu and I are studying scripture, the more we do that, and the more I do these meetings, and I stay in the book and work the steps, the world of the spirit, uh, it becomes more powerful. The spirit gets more powerful. I, I get know when I'm disturbed and when this, I'm away from the spirit very quickly now. Doesn't take me very long. And then I try to get back very quickly. That's the world we you enter that. See, that's where the promises, I think, come true. When you're in the world of the spirit. And then they can come quickly or slowly. How quickly are you getting into the world of spirit? How slowly does it is? And then you're just amazed. And they will materialize in the world of the spirit. They won't materialize in Michael's world. Self-centered, God-centered. Conscious separation, conscious contact. It's not that complicated. They asked Chuck C., what's the whole deal? He says, we only have one problem, conscious separation from God. Now think about it. I'm consciously, I'm awake, I'm aware, consciously, I'm separating from God. He hasn't moved. And I'm out here. And the rest of the world's over here. And then I'm running this world from over here. Does it go well? <laughs> it doesn't go well with anybody you're, you're interacting with. And then the steps are designed to get me from that world back into the real world. And then it's so important for me to stay in that world. And that's what 10 and 11 and 12 are all about. They say if you're working with someone and you're trying to help another alcoholic, you'll stay in the world. If you're consciously trying to help someone else get out of yourself, that will help you. They also, I've also heard that if you do everything and how it works and in action, you'll never drink again. And you'll, you'll be in that world and you'll have peace. Your life will be good, but you have to continuously do it. So it says, as you enter the world, we've entered the world, it's a new world, We're not used to it, right? It says, my function in this world is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. I have to understand my role. I have to understand God's will for me and, and effective in carrying it out. And I have to grow in that. You can't do it perfectly. You never do it perfectly, but you do it better the longer you, you, you're, in the, you're doing this. It doesn't matter how long you're sober. It's how long you're doing this. And there are people I know who are six months sober who've been doing this, and I'm just amazed at how, how well they have a grasp of this. And, and some people get it more quickly than others, and that, that's true too. It says, this is not an overnight matter. It doesn't happen one night. You don't get a diploma. I'm in the world of the spirit. Hey, look at me, I'm great. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not an overnight and it should continue for your lifetime. So that's our role in AA is to, for my lifetime is to grow in understanding and effectiveness in the world of the spirit. So what do I, how do I do that? That's the next four lines. Tell me how to live in the world of the spirit. Isn't that something? There's, there's, there's like seven lines to tell me how to be free of anger that very few people have read. In fact, I'd read them and I didn't realize it. And Joe and Charlie, when they do their talks, they don't emphasize it. 
It tells us how to be free of anger, very spit. This is our course, this is what we did. And there are four prayers. And how do we live in the world of the spirit? Well, the first thing I have to do is continue, that means I've started, continue to watch. So I'm gonna have these glasses on and I'm gonna watch with God because I'm in the world of the spirit. Now I watched a lot when I was in my world. Anybody watch everybody else? Look what they're doing. Look how she's treating me. He didn't do this. He looked at me the wrong way. Blah, blah, blah. They're too slow in the food store. You know, I like the food store thing. And I have to watch with God. So I have to stay in this world if I'm gonna be able to do this. And I watch for what? Selfishness. Am I being selfish? Am I being self-centered? Dishonest, am I being dishonest? Not just about stealing something from the store, but dishonest about my motives. Dishonest about how I'm trying to manipulate something to happen or control something. Resentment, am I angry? Am I irritated? Am I bothered? Am I disturbed? Am I in conflict? and fear. Fear to me was the killer. Fear. Am I, am I believing something that's going to happen that hasn't happened yet right at this moment? That happened to me last night. I was having a very peaceful day. Very peaceful day. And then she comes down and something happened and her mother has to leave the home that she's in. Well, that, that was very distressing to her, and of course I care about it, it's distressing to me. And then we get a call, somebody's gonna look at our house today in an hour, that's very interested in it, and this and that. So all of a sudden last night, oh, now I gotta move, where am I gonna move? Oh, and we'll have to look at a house right away. You know how alcoholics are. So I'm trying to watch a really good show on Netflix, and, I'm, and, and then we're going away, and, I'm gonna, and I said, you know, God, <laughs> I said, there you go again. God said, there you go. He's laughing, I'm laughing. I just said, you know, and we'll see what happens. You get it? But you can be in this a long time and you can get these things thrown at you and then it, it immediately puts you into some state of fear about how's this all gonna work out and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, and then you just have to stop and say, you know, I, God, you've got it, it'll work out. And I said, I have, I have indecision, Give me the right thought or action. Relax and take it easy, it'll come. I said, I don't need to worry about that today. And I watched a really good show on Netflix last night. But you see how quickly it can happen? But I was in the world of the spirit and then I got thrown out of it. Like, and then I said, no, I don't wanna be there. I wanna be back in the world of the spirit. So what do you do? When these crop up, now this is a key word. I hadn't realized this, I'd read it a lot crop up when it starts to spring like you see the wheat in january february something it's little green green pastures beautiful and it's going to grow up into some huge crop now when we just start to see the little green buds we want to stop we don't want to wait till you know we got a four foot wheat wheat up there crop up that's the key we watch and when they crop up, what do I do? I ask God, which I did last night, I ask God at once to just take it away. Now if I'm in the world of the spirit, 
I can see pretty quickly when I'm getting selfish or dishonest or resentful or fear. And then when these crop up, I can ask God at once to remove them. You think he can do it? Of course, but that's a prayer from humility. God, please remove this. I don't want to be disturbed. And I'll tell you, it works whenever I do it. Now, it may not work right away. So they give you another instruction. See how easy it is? We discuss them with someone immediately. Steps four and five. I may need to call someone right away. 911. I'm selling the house. I don't know where to live. Patty's in a mess. Blah, 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 blah. Call 911. I didn't want to bother Stu. He was with Gail. And so I just asked God to remove him and I said the prayers. But if I was really upset, I could call Stu or Mark or Ryan or somebody and they would calm me down. That's, that's why we need someone else. We need to talk to someone immediately so I could see the truth of it. So if you're disturbed at all, talk to someone. Tell them what's bothering you. And then if they've worked the steps, they can fairly quickly help get you back on the beam. They're, they're, not, they're not your therapist, but they could say, well, you know, seem pretty upset here. Uh, has this happened yet? No. Okay, you think it'll, it, it can work out. Why don't we worry about that tomorrow? It hasn't happened yet. Call me tomorrow. Simple like that. We, we ask God at once to move and we discuss it with someone and it doesn't say wait a week. Immediately. Why? Because if you're disturbed, you're in danger. Danger zone. I'm disturbed. God's not in my life. How many danger zones can you be in before you drink again? And then you're certainly going to take bad actions and then you feel bad and then you have self-pity and all that crap. And you make amends. So you don't, you don't want to wait. You want to do it right away. You discuss it with someone. You see you're wrong. You make amends right away. Sorry, I reacted like that. We don't have time, but I did something really stupid at work years ago. And I said something really dumb. In the heat of the moment, I hadn't thought about it. And then I was told right away that I said the wrong thing. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I made amends. And then... Um, I bought them all lunch. So, but we do that. We make amends quickly because I don't want to carry it around. I want to make it right. And if, if quickly, if we've harmed anyone. So, and the other thing is, the other thing that this does is I have to forgive immediately anything that I think anybody's done to me. No matter what they did, just forgive them. Why? It doesn't change them, it changes me. So we watch, when they crop up, we ask to remove it once, we discuss it with someone immediately, we make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. So there's an acronym I heard from this, uh, on this podcast, somebody went through the book in 2002 and I listened to this years ago. And it's called WADAT, W-A-D-A-T. Write that down, WADAT. We watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. A, when these crop up, I ask God at once to remove them. D, I discuss them immediately with someone and I make amends quickly if we'd harmed anyone. That's how you live the spiritual life and you stay in the world of the Spirit. It's not hard, is it? 
It works better than booze. It works better than reacting in a negative way and carrying on and just embarrassing yourself and harming people. And then guess what it says? We resolutely turn, that's the T, resolutely. So I'm gonna turn myself away from the house selling and this and that and all that. Uh, turn my thoughts to someone I could help. So I tried to help Patty, help her. It'll work out with your mother. It'll work out, she's upset about the house. It'll work out. You see, turn your thoughts, or you can call someone. Resolutely turn your thoughts away from you. It doesn't matter who you turn them to, and it doesn't say alcoholic, does it? No, to someone we can help. You can help everybody. And then here's a key line that's not read in any meaning. I don't know, maybe it is. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And I wrote unconditional love and tolerance of others is my code. And I know I've talked too long, so don't get mad at me. And then what, is, what does tolerance mean to me? I didn't understand it till someone said that tolerance is an engineering term. And don't correct me, Josh. I'm a, stop. Uh, it's it's the tolerance of a material before it gets broken down. And I want to be able to tolerate whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tolerate it. I'm not going to get disturbed. They're not going to trigger my. I'm going to be tolerant no matter what they're doing. I have to not let that bother me. I have to put on these glasses of tolerance, I call them, from God that says no matter what they do, it's not going to affect me. It's like a shield. In Ephesians, they talk about the shield of armor, put on the armor of God. Well, this is the armor of alcoholism, the tolerance glasses. So you, you, if you practice this tolerance, then you can be loving. If you don't, you can't be loving because you're upset. And so, uh, what at? This one paragraph, it's amazing what's in there, isn't it? If you just do that and just have that in your mind all the time, then your life will be better. Because guess what it says? The next line, which I'm not going to cover, but I can't stop myself. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Isn't that great? Now that's a great situation. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks.